Welcome to episode one of Lacks in the Booth. I'm your host, Corey Fields. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Lacks in the Booth, or you can follow me at Corey Fields. On today's show, we're going to be interviewing a very special guest. He won 2007 Junior A Rookie of the Year, won back-to-back Minto Cups in 2008-2009. He was drafted 28th overall in 2008 by the Toronto Rock. Let's welcome to the show, Nick Rose. Ready to dive into this? Yeah, what's what's the rundown on this? So, uh, pretty much just going to ask you some easy laid back questions going back from juniors to now get uh get some people a little more in depth with you if they don't know anything about you guys or what it's like being in the NLL and playing in juniors and that yeah let's do it right yeah there's some big news yesterday you probably weren't expecting it yeah I was uh I was gonna bring that up that was the first thing I was gonna ask you what are your thoughts on that yeah, we've known for a little while. Um, Jamie had a Zoom call with us about a month and a bit ago with the players and let us know. And uh, I think I knew a bit before that, uh, just being around the facility and kind of saw what was going on. But yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a great situation for us as a team. Um, they're going to kind of make it our home uh, out there in Hamilton at uh, First Ontario Centre. So it'll just uh, like... From my standpoint, like, yeah, playing in downtown Toronto was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But, like, at Scotiabank Arena, we are the fourth or fifth option there, right? So, like, when we go for home games, they like they don't keep our championship banners up in the arena when, like, the Leafs or Raptors are playing. Yeah. Uh, we are basically the NBA visitors dressing room there which like it has never really been an issue, but I just think down in Hamilton, I think they're going to really make it our home and we'll have our own dressing room. Um, yeah. a, lot, a lot more opportunities, I think for, um, for the business side of the team and as well as uh, it just kind of being more of our home. Yeah. I think uh, like I was thinking too, for the fans, I think it'd be a lot better. Cause I know they uh, like having it in Toronto is a lot of Friday night games. And uh, for people like me coming out of town, like working till 530 and trying to drive out there, like to get there for the start of the game, like it was hard with traffic and everything. Yeah. Uh, so they, I think they've committed to the majority of our home games being Saturday nights. Yeah. Which uh, even if it is a bit further for some people, just being on the Saturday gives them some more time to get there. Right. Instead of, yeah. Like I know my family coming on Friday nights, so it was even tough for them to get there. So. Yeah, you think it'll draw more fans into it and uh, give them more of an opportunity to kind of watch it more? Yeah, like I I think the idea was um, like Jamie definitely wanted to keep the team in a big arena with a chance to kind of grow and like first Ontario centers 17,000 plus uh, seat arena, right? So um, so the potential to grow into a full house like that is uh, was appealing to him and obviously uh i'm sure the cheaper costs of uh the operating costs uh ultimately made that decision but yeah no, we're, I, I think we're excited uh from the player standpoint yeah that's awesome we're pretty excited as <laughs> i think as fans too like the biggest worry for them was you know they're gonna maybe change jerseys or change logo or yeah. that 
uh, hearing what they came out with, it sounds like they're going to keep it pretty much all the same except for just a new arena. Yeah, it's basically just moving our home games from Toronto to Hamilton. And yeah. Everything else is staying the same, the roster, the the management, every all of that stuff. Awesome. All right. So let's uh let's go back in time a little bit here. Uh what was it like winning the Minto Cup in 2008-2009? Yeah, both years. Um yeah, it was uh probably the best moment of my lacrosse career so far. I I haven't been able to um, win a championship uh, since those uh, mental cups been close a few times but um, yeah I, I think just junior a lacrosse and well I guess in Ontario or BC um, there's nothing really like it because you're playing with all your best friends that you've grown up with and battled with since you were three of like an orange drill we play from we start playing lacrosse when we're about three years old so yeah uh, to be able to uh we had a couple of years prior to winning the Minto Cup where we were kind of getting close and had some heartbreak against uh, in 07 against Six Nations who ended up winning the Minto Cup. They beat us in uh, the Ontario finals, but we were kind of in the series and then uh, Cody Jamison scored a uh, last second goal to uh, eliminate us uh, in the Ontario finals where we thought we'd have a chance that year. And then obviously in 08 and 09, uh, we were able to get over the hump and win both years. Um, two very different seasons, but um, yeah, very uh, obviously special moments in our lacrosse careers. In 2009 in the Minto Cup, you won the MVP as well. Is um, that so I, I, think, I think some articles have me down as MVP, but I, it was Jonesy, the, Adam Jones that won the overall tournament MVP. Okay. I think I got the player MVP of the final game. Okay. So I think that's where there's a bit of confusion, but um, Adam Jones won the actual MVP award for the Minto Cup tournament. But, um, but yeah, either way, we, we had lots of guys that uh, could have got that. All right. So you got drafted in 2008 uh, by the Toronto Rock. You went back to Junior A in 2009. Yeah. And then in 2000, was it 2010, Boston came into the league. Um, so they came in, they came in when I got drafted. So they were, their first year was 0809. Okay. So I got drafted to Toronto and then went out to training camp with that, <clears throat> excuse me, with them. And I actually got cut at training camp with, uh, with the rock originally. And then I had a few guys, uh, playing in Boston that I knew like John Harnett, who had, I just won the Minto Cup with, and he kind of put word in with the Boston management to get me out to the one weekend of training camp, and um, I had a good weekend, and then they brought me back, and then the next weekend I uh, had another good training camp weekend, and they decided to keep me, and um, it was kind of interesting because we had uh, Anthony Cosmo and Mike Poulin there in Boston at the time, but um, they did kind of make a commitment to me to move down to Boston and um, pay me my salary for the rookie year, like even as uh, I wasn't dressing. So, um, yeah, Boston was amazing. And, yeah, I, I was in Boston in, I guess, the winter 08, 09, and then went back to Junior A in the summer of 2009. So we're going to jump kind of around a little bit here. Uh, when you were in Boston, did – Dan Dawson was on the team at that time, right? 
Yeah, he was our captain. So he just got picked up in the expansion draft. I think he was in, uh, or maybe the dispersal draft from Portland. So did you get to know him pretty well in Boston? Yeah, so the, I, that was kind of where I had heard the, heard his name, and he, I think he actually played um, played field lacrosse in Orangeville, where I'm from, um, before I met him. But So I kind of knew who he was, and then, uh, yeah, my first weekend of uh, training camp in Boston, I got introduced to him, and then, uh, yeah, we him and Paul Dawson, uh, there was actually 11 or 12 of us that lived down in Boston the first year, and uh, we kind of had like the arena was right there and then the house I lived in was like right beside the arena and then there was a couple condos around the corner from us uh, that other guys lived in so we were around each other all the time and uh, yeah I got to know uh, the Dawson's and uh, many of the other guys really well. So after Boston you went to Calgary for one year? So I yeah when Boston folded I got picked up in the dispersal draft by Calgary and uh I spent half a year there. So I got traded at the deadline of that first year to uh, Toronto. And so uh, were there any familiar flight faces um, when you came back to Toronto that you knew from playing in the previous years or playing in junior that kind of made it like uh, more of a welcome coming in back into the locker room? So um, we kind of joke, uh, like I just know, there's a lot of funny chirps uh, within our team about how many Northmen uh, there always is on the rock. Uh, um, Terry Sanderson, um, he's passed away since, but um, he was a general manager at the time and he traded for me. And then uh, we also had his son, Josh Sanderson from Orangeville, Bruce Codd, who's now our defensive coach with the rock. Um, Glenn Bryan was our captain for the junior A Northmen when we won the Minto cups. Um, Damon Edwards was there, who uh, we traded for in Orange Row 2 for a Minto Cup run in 09. Um, so, yeah, I was familiar with uh, with a lot of the guys that were already in Toronto when I got traded there. Did you always wear 66 throughout your career? And if so, what was kind of the meaning behind wearing that number? Yeah, so um, my dad uh, passed away when I was two years old. So, uh, and he was a lacrosse player and he, he always wore number six. So kind of growing up, my, my best friend, uh, DJ Cleveland, he's actually a scout with the rock, uh, right now. And, um, he's coached the junior A team in Orangeville, uh, for a few years. He's currently the head coach in Mimico, uh, junior A. Um, he, uh, he was a player and his dad, uh, was like best buds with my dad. So, um, number six was always kind of a player's jersey. So just with how it worked out, like, um, yeah, he, he always wore number six. And then, uh, um, eventually I, uh, I switched to number 66, uh, just to kind of stay close to that number. And also, uh, um, like thought of like a number six for me and then a number six for my dad. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good story to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, like, uh, it was, I guess when we were young, like I wasn't really like trying to kick my best bud off of wearing the number and, uh, yeah. and like he was trying to honor my dad as well. So, um, so yeah, it just worked out. He, he was always number six and then I just went to number 66, just put the two together. Yeah. Uh, was your dad the reason why you started playing lacrosse? Yeah. Like that part of it, he played lacrosse. He also played uh, soccer too. Uh, so he was born in Jamaica and moved over 
to uh, Orangeville um, in his teens. So, okay. so he, uh, he, he was a soccer player and then uh, Terry Sanderson and a uh, bunch of the Sandersons and uh, DJ's dad, Bob, um, he, they got him into lacrosse, I think, just kind of seeing the athlete that he was. And then, um, so him playing uh, definitely influenced that, but just in Orangeville, like, um, obviously the Northman is the biggest thing in, in the town. And um, like I said, most of us start playing when we're three or four. It's the, it's the thing to do along with hockey. Did you uh, remember the moment where it kind of hit you and you're like, oh crap, like, you know, this is going to be my career. I'm going to be a professional lacrosse player. Was there kind of a moment that you remember where you thought of that or did it just? Um, not like I, it's, it's hard to pinpoint that for sure. I, I think kind of when I started junior, I, I knew that I was going to have a good chance to be the junior A starter and, and be the guy there. And uh, I actually chose to play junior B my first two years of uh, junior lacrosse. Cause um, funny enough, how it comes full circle, uh, Mike Poulin, uh, was traded to uh, the junior A team like right before I was starting junior. Yeah. So, so he was obviously kind of established as a top junior A goalie at the time. So, so I I knew that if I was kind of his backup, I wouldn't get to play that much. So, I chose to go to junior B, and we had a couple good runs in junior B too. Lost in the Ontario finals to. Um, both years to uh, I think the Founders Cup champions in Alora the first year and then um, Oakville the second year. So, um, so I got a lot of playing time there, and I think that actually really helped me uh, to. I know Junior B and Junior A, there's a bit of a jump up, uh, but just playing lacrosse and not kind of sitting on a bench really helped me. And uh, so I, I think kind of in that transition period where going from Junior B having a couple of really good seasons. Uh, um, and then stepping in in 07, like I said, we lost the Six Nations in the Ontario Finals, but um, I felt I had a pretty good individual season. And just with the team success, uh, having the chance to compete for a title, um, I think that's kind of when I started to realize uh, that I'd have a chance to uh, hopefully make it to the NOL. Yeah. Uh, was your excitement level when you got drafted Toronto, the same as when you got traded playing in your hometown and playing close to family or? Like when I got traded to Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, getting drafted was awesome. Um, obviously going into Toronto, like they still had Bob Watson at the time. And then uh, they, they had a few goalies in the mix. So I, I was definitely excited. I didn't know what to expect. So like, I just kind of had the thought to go out to training camp, give it my best. And uh hope to make the roster even if it was a practice roster or whatever but um to be honest with you like I had a horrible training camp with the the rock like I I had never really seen nets that big like you could it was just like one of those things like in junior in junior a at the time actually we we were playing on four by four nets oh, okay so basically I went from the four by four nets in the summertime where I excelled at obviously I'm a bigger guy and and uh, I played well in those. And then going into uh, the NOL nets, which are four by four, nine. So an extra nine inches um, on each side. So um, it, it was tough. I, I know for sure that I didn't perform very well. I, I wouldn't say that uh, like I was dogging it or anything, but it, it was just such a different experience. So 
So like I got no ill will or whatever towards getting cut from Toronto. And I was grateful to get picked up by Boston. And I don't know what kind of switched over those couple weeks. Uh, Cause I did have a good training camp with Boston uh, after that and was able to earn a roster spot. But um, so yeah, getting drafted to Toronto was uh, awesome. <clears throat> Going to Boston, incredible experience, but yeah, getting traded to uh, back to Toronto was um, pretty great because uh, it, it was awesome to get a call from Terry Sanderson. And he basically said, look, we, we have this deal. I was living out in BC at the time. Um, I was playing for uh, the senior team out in Coquitlam. Um, and uh, the trade happened. Uh, so I was living, sorry, I was living in Coquitlam and traveling for Calgary at the time. Yeah. So I was just flying in from BC and, uh, but it, it's kind of funny cause um, so I hadn't really got much playing time with Calgary in that first half of the season. I think I got a few minutes uh, in a game that was kind of already lost or whatever. But um, when we played in Vancouver, we had just drafted Frankie Shalano, who's the starting goalie for San Diego Seals currently. Um, so he was a rookie and, uh, but he's from, uh, Vancouver area so when we played out in Vancouver the coach at the time Dave Pym kind of came up to me in the morning shoot around and he asked what I thought about like them dressing Frankie in front of kind of his family like I think the thought was like not a chance to get him in there to play and it was kind of really no sweat off my back or whatever and yeah and like I, I totally understood I I think I was a little frustrated during the day just thinking like ah. Uh, like I, I really want the opportunity to, in case I have to go in or whatever, but totally got it uh, for him to dress in front of friends and family. And yeah, uh, so that's what happened. I ended up getting scratched and uh, he uh, was dressed and he actually had to go into the game. So I like, I don't know if Poulin, Poulin got hurt or was just having a tough game, but um, Frankie had to go in and he played amazing and we ended up winning the game. So so just like the, how the luck uh, went, uh, obviously they stuck with them and I, I totally understood that. And then, so it was like a couple games in a row where I hadn't dressed and then um, I get the phone call from Terry out of the blue and he just says, look, we have this deal on the table. <clears throat> if you think you can move back uh, to Orangeville or to Ontario, like we'll, we'll pull the trigger on it. And then um, I, he gave me whatever, a, a night to think about it. And I kind of got a call from uh, Kurt Miloski, who's a coach now of, uh, um, I think he might've been the assistant GM at the time for Calgary or whatever. And he just said, look, like we'll, we'll make this deal if you want to move back. Um, it was really dependent on what I wanted to do. And yeah, I just, yeah, I called T and just told Terry that, uh, yeah, no, I want to do this. And he basically said, all right, the trade's going to be done today. Um, we'll book you a flight and you're starting on Saturday or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it was, uh, I, I feel like that was a lot more special just because uh, dealing with Terry, who um, obviously has meant a lot to uh, my career, even back to Orangeville. Yeah. Any uh, perfect world, I guess, is your idea of being able to retire in Toronto as a Toronto Rock? Oh yeah, for sure. At this point, uh, I couldn't imagine playing anywhere else. Obviously it's home, even moving to Hamilton, like it's close enough for my family to come watch and friends. And, um, 
and yeah, like there's, uh, we also have this facility in Oakville that, uh, I work at during the week. I, I'm the general manager at, which is, um, doesn't really feel like work at times just cause like, it's one of those things like when you're always around lacrosse and something you love, uh, it doesn't seem like work and it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've got a great crew to work with, uh, when we're not playing lacrosse. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, so yeah, no, I couldn't imagine playing anywhere else as long as they keep offering me a contract. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. That's good. Uh, I think it was a year and a half ago, two years ago now, when the season kind of got put on hold. You guys were really rolling in that season. Uh, even with some of like the new additions, I think Mitch Desnu got traded to you guys. Uh, do you guys think you have the, the team and the roster to win the cup coming into this season? Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of crazy to think back that we haven't played a real game for that long. Um, we also got Jason Noble, uh, <clears throat> who was on the Orange Row teams with me that won the Mental Cups, and he's got a great pedigree uh, winning world championship with Team Canada Field Across and, and in NL with Georgia. Um, both him and Disnew play with us in the senior team in Oakville Rock as well, so we're real familiar with those guys coming in, and um we definitely think we got a roster that's going to compete for the cup uh, as soon as we get back to playing it'll be interesting to see how teams kind of respond to this pandemic and uh i think it's going to be real obvious the guys that haven't picked up their sticks since we stopped playing but <clears throat> but um that's kind of where our advantage comes in here at this facility like uh I live with uh, four or five guys off the team actually in Burlington. So even with the lockdown um, and me working here, we're able to still work out and I've been able to take some shots from uh, guys every week. So Steve. we've still kind of been at it a little bit and uh, um, using this place to our advantage, which uh, why wouldn't you really? But um, so, yeah, no, we're excited for December. We think uh, with all the pieces we have, we'll be in the mix for sure. But, just a matter of how it comes together. Do you have any uh, personal goals that you still want to accomplish in your career or even the, just this upcoming season? The only goal that really matters at this point in my, my career is that championship. Like I've <laughs> obviously been snake bin a little bit in the NLL. We've been close, been to a couple, uh, couple Eastern finals, been to, <clears throat> been to the NLL championship once. And, uh, you don't really realize how bad you want to win it until you get that close to it. So um, that's the only goal on the top of my mind as far as personal goals. It's the way. Yeah. Like I, I think with the personal goals, especially as a goalie, like whatever goaltender of the year or, or MVP or whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> that's all great as a bonus to a championship, but without a championship, it really doesn't mean anything. So. All right, we're going to go on to some more uh, easier going questions. Uh, what are, or who are some of your favorite teammates that you've played with over your career? Yeah, I got so many. Um, <laughs> tough question. Um, I, think, I think right at the top of the list, I got to start with my roommate uh, um, on the road, uh, like where we spend a lot of time at hotels together and We've actually played on seven, I think seven different teams together is uh, Damon Edwards. Oh, okay. So, so he, uh, he got traded us in Orange Row our last year junior. We went on to win the 
so tough to get together. And then since then, it's like we can't avoid avoid each other. So um, we've been we've been uh, Orangeville Northman, Toronto Rock, Oakville Rock, Coquitlam Adnax. He came out and played West at uh, West with us. We got we both got traded out West in our final season out there to Langley Thunder. And then uh, I feel like uh, oh he was in Boston with me too for the last year. And then uh, I feel like there's a couple, there might be another one, but um, so yeah, we can't avoid each other. So he's got to be at the top of the list. And, and like I said, we're roommates on the road. So we spend a lot of time together and, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess close to best buds. So he's up there as far as going back to orange Row days. Uh, there's a bunch, Andrew Suter still one of my best friends. He, uh, he plays for the New York <clears throat> Riptide currently um glenn bryan he played a lot of years in the nol he's retired now um we're still pretty close from all of us from orangeville my boy mike teeter he uh never really got a, a crack in the nol but he was a good player for us in junior and uh we're still like best friends to this day so he's up there there's so many with the rock like i can't even like current teammates i love my my roommates obviously chal and rogers brad cree um adam j um a lot of vets that uh you miss playing with uh josh sanderson colin doyle casey beards patrick merrill the list goes on <laughs> yeah a really great teammate as well was uh <laughs> that kind of goes under the radar was rob marshall who uh not always, uh, didn't always get the credit he probably deserved, but he was an absolute beauty in the room and one of the hardest working guys and um, great defender as well. So he, I'll give Marshy a shout out. When you're, uh, when you're playing and the commentators chant Rosie and then you get the whole crowd going, Rosie, do you ever hear that? Or do you ever? Sometimes I hear, I hear the odd time when the ball is in the other end, if, uh, if I made a save and the ball's kind of in their zone, if transition game has made a quick move up the floor, then I kind of hear it. I don't really hear it when, uh, if I make a save and then the ball's still kind of being slung around by the other team. Have you ever uh, got it from any fans out in public? Someone that comes up and just does that to you? Yeah, like I'm around a ton of fans and obviously young kids uh, here at the track. Uh, that are coming here to play our, in our programs. And if I'm coming around the corner, the odd person will definitely do that, do that to me. So I'm going to come up with the last question here. Um, going into it for people that don't know, you're getting into collecting sport cards again and trading yeah. and stuff. What are some of your top cards that you have in your collection right now? Oh man. Yeah. yeah you've been able to help me out pretty good. Uh, I appreciate all the cards you've been, uh, able to acquire for me but um yeah I got a ton of Steelers cards now um I think my favorite card is uh it's actually my mom's but um obviously she's not too into trading cards right now she would have got it as a kid was a 1955 Willie Mays uh Bowman card it's not his rookie card but obviously being in 1955 it's still in pretty decent shape so it's actually at uh PSA which is a big grading company uh so I'm getting it graded and uh hopefully gonna hang on to that uh, for a while and 
Um, I think that's probably the coolest one just with how old it is, but yeah, I'm like getting close to finishing off this, uh, this year's upper deck hockey. So <laughs> got a few rookie cards still to get, but, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It, it's crazy. I uh, learn more and more about the sports card business. Like, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not even really selling that much. Like I'm just kind of collecting and just getting back into again, cards that I want to keep and maybe eventually down the road, uh, just kind of sit on them, uh, and eventually sell some of it. But, um, yeah, yeah it's just kind of been a fun, uh, time killer, obviously over the lockdowns with, uh, within Ontario, we're still in the shutdown order. So, um, yeah, just trying to kill some time and it's been fun to kind of learn about, uh, sports cards and, and everything and, uh, collect the guys I want. So yeah, yeah. I'll probably keep trying to get some Steelers and finish off this, uh, upper deck hockey. That's normally how it goes. You end up buying more than selling and then yeah, you got no, packs everywhere. <laughs> so I have been selling my Pokemon cards. So I guess, uh, when I was a kid, I was a huge Pokemon guy and, um, I have a, big binder of uh probably hundreds of pokemon cards and some holographics but that i'm just not gonna get back into collecting pokemon and it doesn't really interest me to keep it so that's kind of all i've been selling off to kind of help obviously pay for the sports cards i want but yeah uh, but yeah it's been fun and getting to meet some some people that are into it uh and even uh like people that have seen that i'm back into it uh, like a lot of friends of mine are going through their basements and sending me pics of what they got and try and help them out uh, with kind of the value on some of their stuff. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to uh, check out your uh, cards, they can catch you at Instagram at Rosie's cards. Yeah, that's my uh, Instagram. Figured it that's an easier way to try and make some trades or sell some cards or buy some cards that I need. So, um, and I didn't really want to do that on my main account just because I, I know it's not for everybody, but it's something I enjoy doing. So, uh, yeah, Rosie's cards. If you got something uh, you want me to look at, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, man. I I really appreciate you coming on, and I'm I'm sure whoever is going to listen to this will appreciate it as well. Yeah, not a problem. Anytime uh, in the future, if you need me on or need me to help uh, convince some of my roommates to come help you out, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. Well, enjoy your day. Yeah, thanks, man. Gonna get back to some cards organizing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, take care. All right, thanks, Corey. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. See ya. That concludes today's interview with Nick Rose. As always, thank you for joining us here on Lax in the Booth. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Lax in the Booth or follow me at Corey Fields. See you next time, everybody. (laughs) 